Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. celebrate the resurrection. I, um, I'm honored today to stand up and to bring uh, the word today. Don't take that lightly any Sunday, but I'm especially honored today uh, thinking of the significance of, of today and that this really and truly is um, the crown jewel, somebody said, of our faith is the resurrection because if Christ is not raised, then we have no hope. But if Christ is raised, we have hope in everything that he said. Because he said that he would die, but that he would live again. And I'll just remind you, he appeared to to thousands of people after his resurrection over 500 people at one time. Now it's hard to get 500 people to agree on anything. It's hard to get five people to agree on anything. But there was five over 500 people at one time. Over 2,000 people over 40 days that said, we saw him dead. And then we saw him alive. And... <laughs> And I'm excited today because that shows me that Jesus has power over death. And death really is canceled. Turn to somebody today. Welcome them in the house. Greet them. Say thank you for being here. Let's give the worship team a great big hand. want to say thank you to them as well. I guess everybody was shaking hands. Let's give the worship team a great big hand. (laughs) You can be seated. I'm glad that you're here today. Thank you to the band. My goal today is to raise awareness of how his story changes our story. I want to raise awareness today and let you know that who he is changes who we are. I think many people know or have heard of the resurrection story, but maybe they don't put together all the dots of how it changes their story. And so my invitation to you today is to go with me to open your heart, open your mind for what God wants to say to you. I really believe that nothing happens on accident, but I believe that God knew that you were going to be here today, and He has you here for a reason. He has you here for a purpose, and I believe God has something that He wants to say to you if we'll open our hearts and open our minds. You know, from the beginning of time, life has ended in death. 
death was the end. It was the natural end. Uh, last night, my son asked me who the first person to die was. And I had to think about it for a second. And then I had to do my Sunday school thing of Cain killed Abel. Not because that's like alliteration there. And I, I said, that would have been the first person that died. And he said, did they understand what was going on? I said, probably not. Not initially. But they, they began to understand. And from the beginning, from that time on, death was the end. And death was the natural conclusion to life. And so much so that we say these things today like you only live once. They say, YOLO, you're only going to live once. So do what you want to do. If you want to uh, bungee jump, bungee jump. If you want to skydive, skydive. If you want to travel, travel. You're only going to live once. YOLO. Now, in, in some way, I appreciate that. It, it's saying maximize the time that you have. I appreciate that. But I'll tell you that YOLO is not true. You actually live twice. You live, you die, and you live again. So I don't think it's YOLO. I think it's YALT. You actually live twice. So I don't know. YALT. And start something new. Maybe that'll be next year's theme. Yo. <laughs> and I see that in, in the text I want to take today. 2 Timothy 1.10. It says, it's now been revealed through the appearance of our Savior. Because he appeared to us. Because he came out of the grave. Because he appeared to us after the cross, after his passion, after his suffering, after we put him in the tomb and sealed him up with a boulder, because he appeared to us alive after all that, we know that he destroyed death. He canceled death. And he's brought life and immortality through the gospel, through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus which shows me today that you do live twice because death has been canceled. You know, death, uh, Jesus predicted actually that death would be canceled. He told him, he said, I will die, but I'll be raised again. When they were concerned about Lazarus dying, Jesus said, I got to tell you something. I am the resurrection. They were concerned about Jesus' friend Lazarus. He was sick, so sick, the Bible said he was near to death, meaning that he was going to die. Jesus told them, I am the resurrection. He was telling them, I have power over death. I'm going to cancel death. This was before the cross. Jesus already knew that he had power over death, but they did not know this. He had not yet displayed that resurrection power. Jesus actually delays getting to his friend's bedside because they would have already known he could heal the sick, but they didn't yet know that he could raise the dead. So they send word to Jesus and they say, Jesus, your friend Lazarus is sick. Bible actually says that Jesus delayed for a few days and it was a, it was a journey as well. And so when he got there, Lazarus had already died. And because the people there understood that death is a logical and natural conclusion to life, they were mourning. And they were saying, Jesus, what took you so long? 
If you'd got here, you could have healed whatever the disease was. If you'd got here, you could have healed whatever the sickness was. Jesus, you, you, why were you running late? I think they were probably projecting some frustration of their mourning on Jesus, saying, Jesus, would you, could you have just got here a little bit sooner? And Jesus tells her, your brother is going to live again. He says, I am the resurrection. Mary thought it was the end. Jesus If he had just got here, maybe he would still be alive. And Jesus let her know, hey, he was alive, now he's dead, but because of resurrection power, he's going to live again. And on that day, Jesus did a miracle that changed history forever. Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb, and he showed us what actually cancels death is resurrection power. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. And when he canceled death that day, he showed them something that I want all of us to see today. He was saying, yes, Mary, I know that Lazarus was born. I know that he was alive. I know that he was sick, and I know that he's now dead. But I want to show you that I have the power to put life back into his body. He was uh, dead, he was alive, he's dead, and now he lives again because I have resurrection power. What I want you to know today and take with you today is that when death is canceled, life is here again. When death is canceled, hope returns. When death is canceled, joy is back again. When death is canceled, you can have a new day A new season, new life, new possibilities. You can have a resurrection in your own life today because Jesus is the resurrection. He's canceled out death. And when death is canceled, I got to tell you, anything is possible. My hope today is before we leave that all of us will realize that we will live twice. We will live again. And resurrection power is Jesus's to give us. How many say amen to that? You know, what might have been just a matter of a few days, Jesus himself was arrested, he was tried, he was sentenced as a criminal, and he was crucified. And they took his lifeless body off of the cross, and they took him, uh, they had a hundred pounds of spices blended together, and this was how they would anoint the body and they would have put him in that tomb and they would have sealed that, that, that grave opening uh, with the boulder uh, so that nobody could get back into the side of that cave. History tells us that oftentimes these boulders were 4,000 pounds. They would use ropes and pulleys to, to get them in place, sealing it shut. They were concerned about the, the, this, this political uprising that had happened. And so they put the Roman guards standing in front of it so that nobody uh, could, have, could have disturbed it, that nobody could have broken in. And in fact, these Roman guards, the way that their duty worked is if, if anything would have happened on their watch, that, that it was punishable by death. And so these guys had motivation to be on guard. They weren't falling asleep. They weren't walking away for a candy bar. They were, they were, they were on their job, and they were going to make sure nobody would have opened that tomb. 
But what happened on that resurrection morning is that that two-ton block had been moved aside. And the Roman guard unit was nowhere to be found. And that tomb, when those women showed up, it was not entirely empty. But they saw the grave clothes still there, still in the form of that body. They were ready to apply that anointing, but the grave clothes were there, but the grave clothes were empty because Jesus was no longer there. And what they began to realize is this empty tomb is telling me that what Jesus said, that he would go in the grave, but after three days, he'd come out of the grave. And I feel like somebody was going, Friday, Saturday, this is Sunday morning. He's not in the grave. And all of a sudden, that empty tomb told him, death is canceled. But not only did the empty tomb tell him death was canceled, Jesus starts showing up to people to say, remember how I said I would die, but that I'd come out of the grave? Because these people had seen him arrested, carried out with torches, taken to the trial, whipped, scourged, beat, mocked, spit on, crown of thorns, nailed to the cross, spear in his side, lifeless body removed. They were disappointed that these last few days had not gone their way. And I think that all of us get to times in our life where we realize Things had not gone our way. I don't know about you, but sometimes I look back at a season or a day or a week or a month or a year and I'm disappointed because I thought that wasn't supposed to go that way. That wasn't supposed to happen like that. Sometimes we can even get disappointed with Jesus. We can get disappointed with God and say, Lord, I didn't think you were going to let that happen that way. I didn't see that journey ending here or taking me there. And Lord, I'm disappointed. And these people were disappointed even with Jesus saying, Jesus, I thought you were going to be the king. I I thought that, remember how they were jockeying for position saying, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, I want to be on your right hand. I I want a promotion. I want to be over this. I want to be over that. And sometimes we can look at our life and say, Lord, I thought I'd be here by now. I thought that that this person would still be in my life. I thought that this would not have happened. I thought I'd be further down the road by now. But Jesus showed up to show them that resurrection not only cancels death, but he showed them that resurrection also cancels our disappointments. And that's my first point today is that resurrection cancels our disappointment. When I begin to think about, sure, this life, it might not have gone the way I wanted it to go every time, but how many know there's life beyond this life? That first appearance, Jesus showed up to the women who had come to that grave to mourn him. And, and according to Mark, the women were so afraid at what happened, they began to scatter. And, and John's account mentioned that Mary Magdalene ran to find Peter to tell John about the missing body. But the other women apparently went other ways, maybe to hide. They didn't know what was going on. And that disappointment now had turned to panic. But Jesus shows up to Mary Magdalene, the woman that he had cast devils out of. And he simply said, Mary, 
What I love about this is she immediately recognized the voice of the Lord. <laughs> she was close enough to Jesus. You, you ever know somebody, you just pick up the phone, you know it's their voice? She knew it was the voice of Jesus. And he just simply said, Mary. And she says, Lord, my master, my Lord and my master. And he just simply said, go and tell the disciples. All of that disappointment was melted away in a moment because she realized, hey, I went through a dark season, but Jesus is still on the throne. And I, I want to tell somebody today, you might go through disappointment. You might go through a hard season. Things might not go your way, but today you can know Jesus is alive. Jesus is on the throne. Jesus is in control. And when you know that, everything is okay. Not only did he appear to them, but he quickly appeared. I love this. He appeared to two disciples that were traveling, notice it now, from Jerusalem back to Emmaus. Now, this is significant because that shows us that they were in Jerusalem for the Passover. They were in Jerusalem for that Palm Sunday when Jesus rides in on the donkey and they're, they're waving the palm branches and saying, Hosanna, blessed is our Messiah that comes in the name of the Lord. And now they are walking and talking as they leave Jerusalem. And that week did not go like they thought it would go. And, and, and they did not think as they walked into that city uh, with Jesus celebrating the Messiah, they never thought that a few days later they would be leaving with the disappointment that they had. But they were walking and talking and they were, they were saying to each other, we thought he was going to be it. We thought he was going to be the Messiah. We thought he was going to be our answer. We thought he was going to be our hope. And they're leaving Jerusalem, going back to Emmaus, disappointed. But Jesus begins to walk with them. Now, unlike Mary, they didn't recognize him as he was walking with them. It said that he had his, his, his cloak up, and they, they didn't recognize him. And he began to explain to them the prophecies of the Old Testament. And he was saying, didn't the Scripture say this about him? They were saying, yes, it did. He said, didn't he fulfill that? And they said, well, yes, he did. He said, didn't the Scripture say this? He said, yes, it did. Well, didn't he fulfill that? They said, well, yes, he did. Finally, they realize this is Jesus that is walking with us. And the Bible said their hearts were burning inside of them. There was a new passion. There was restoration. There was all that disappointment had melted away. And now their hearts were, were bursting inside of them because they realized that resurrection cancels out all of our disappointments. I want to tell you, celebrate today because this life might bring pain. It might bring tears. It might bring disappointment. It will bring loss. It will bring hurt. But I got to tell you, there is this life and then there's life beyond this life where Jesus said, I'll wipe away every tear from your eye. There'll be no more death, no more mourning, no more tears. Because resurrection cancels our disappointment. Somebody ought to say amen and give God a praise right there. Not only that, I, I, know, that death, I know that resurrection cancels death, but I got to tell you that resurrection cancels our doubts. Thomas is forever known with this terrible nickname, 
What is it now? Doubting. Everybody knows it, right? It's like he's the second most popular disciple or something, but not for a good reason. He's forever known as Doubting Thomas. Do you know that when Jesus says, let's go raise Lazarus from the grave, Thomas actually had a snarky comment in John 11, verse 16. He said, he said sarcastically, I didn't know they even knew how to be sarcastic back then. He said sarcastically, oh yeah, let's go die with him. That's what he said. Let's go get the same sickness he has. Great idea, Jesus. That's, <laughs> I don't know how this guy was even a disciple. He's saying, maybe we'll get the same sickness he's got. Jesus, great idea. And then after Jesus dies, his faith is so low. He's like, I saw him arrested. Thomas said, I I saw him at the trial. Thomas says, I saw him put the nails in his hand. Thomas said, I saw, I don't know if y'all were still at the cross, but I saw that final blow where that soldier thrusted a spear into his side. And I will not believe what you guys are saying unless I can put my hand in his nail-scarred hands. And if I can put my hand on that deathly wound of his side. I think all of us have times where our faith is rocked, where our faith is knocked down where our faith is low, where something happened that grieved us that we didn't understand, and suddenly you're just like Thomas and you say, unless things turn around for me, I'm done. Unless things turn around for me, I'm through. And that doubt can set in and say, I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to walk with Jesus again. I'm never going to get back to how I was. What's happened to me will never, I'll never be able to recover from that. And all of a sudden, as he's saying that, Jesus steps into the room. How many know sometimes at your lowest moment, that's when you need Jesus to walk into your room? To walk into your situation. (laughs) I love it that they're telling him here in verse 25. Thomas, we've seen the Lord. But he said to him, unless I see the nail marks. Unless I put my hands there. I'm not going to believe. Verse 26. A week later his disciples are in that house again. And Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked. You hear that, Brother Oz? The doors were locked. Think about it. Jesus steps in among them. And he says, peace be with you. <laughs> now, Jesus must have been listening to their conversation. Because he says, Thomas, why don't you put your finger here? Why don't you see my hands? Why don't you reach out your hand? Why don't you put your hand in my side? Thomas, stop doubting. Resurrection cancels all of your doubt. And just believe. Just believe, Thomas. Resurrection cancels doubt because Thomas immediately says, My Lord and my God. No longer am I doubting. No longer is is he in the grave. He's my Lord. He's my God. He's my Savior. He's my hope. He's my Redeemer. He's my resurrection. Thomas was forever changed because of that moment. If death is canceled, 
I got to tell somebody today, that changes everything. If Jesus left an empty grave, that changes everything. If Jesus is walking through walls and and appearing to over 2,000 people over 40 days, that changes everything. And up to that moment, Thomas was a doubter. He was a skeptic. He was a critic. Maybe he thought, yeah, this was a hoax. Somebody stole the body of Jesus. But after that moment, he knew for surety Jesus was resurrected. And I love the testimony that Thomas leaves us. He was full of doubt. He had problems with unbelief. He had problems with being a skeptic. But from that moment on, history tells us he became a missionary. He was persecuted. Finally, he was martyred because he would not recant that he saw Jesus resurrected. He was faced with death. And he would not say that I did not see Jesus alive. His life would have been spared if he would have just said, I made that story up. I never put my hands in his nail-scarred hands. But he saw death and said, hey, I'm never going to say that I did not see Jesus alive. And all the other disciples, they were crucified, they were stoned, they were imprisoned, they were tortured, they all died the death of a martyr, and there was something that inspired them to do this. And it wasn't collusion, it was not a corpse, it was that they saw a resurrected Savior and said, I'm never going to go back on that. I saw him, I saw him on the cross, I saw the spear in his side. I saw him put in the tomb, but I saw him after all of that. Jesus is alive. I got to tell you, resurrection cancels all of our doubts. Somebody ought to give God a praise right there. Hallelujah. Not only that, but resurrection cancels our failure. Resurrection cancels my failures. I love that when Jesus resurrected, he never held it over Peter's head. Hey, buddy, you remember when you denied me three times? What was all that about? He never said that. In fact, when he resurrected, the one person that he wanted to see the disciples, but he specifically told them in Mark 16, 7, he said, go and get Peter for me. He he said, I want to see all the disciples, but I know that Peter is is stuck in his failure right now. I know that Peter feels like a failure. I know that Peter feels bad that he he wasn't there for me in my darkest hour. I know that he feels some kind of way that he wasn't there for me at the cross or at the trial. And I heard that he went back to his fishing business, but I want you to go get him because I want him to know that my resurrection cancels out all of his failure. And so Jesus shows up to him, and and Peter is fishing, and he sees Jesus from about 100 yards away. And when he sees Jesus, Jesus is waving him onto the beach. And Peter, he jumps in the water, swims. He doesn't even wait for the boat to get onto the shore. He jumps in the water. I might have waited, because I think that boat's quicker than I can swim. But Peter was all excited. He jumps out of the boat, swims over the beach, 
And Jesus let him know that his failures could not hold him any longer because Jesus had come out of the grave. And none of that matters anymore because Jesus is resurrected. I want to tell you, your past failures do not have to hold you because Jesus can forgive you. Jesus can resurrect you. Jesus can give you new life. Jesus can give you a new start. Jesus can give you a new hope. Jesus can make all things new today because the resurrection cancels out all of your failures. Somebody ought to say amen. In fact, Jesus can make your failures, turn your failures into a highlight reel. Because when Peter stood up, you know, I, I, I'm, it's a good thing I wasn't Jesus. Because if I was, I'd have said, Peter, you're not preaching for a while. You messed that one up, buddy. <laughs> but guess who we see preaching next? It's Peter on the birthday of the church at the day of Pentecost. And it's powerful when somebody says, hey, I messed up. But now I've got to tell you. Jesus is alive. And the Lord turned Peter's failures into a highlight reel. He was preaching in that prayer meeting when when 3,000 souls were saved on that day. And then the next chapter, Peter's on the way into the temple for that hour of prayer. And that man is begging and he says, you know what? I don't have silver and gold to give you, but I do have the name of Jesus to give you. And in the name of Jesus Christ... He understood there's resurrection power. Rise up and walk. Step up again. There's resurrection power. In Acts chapter 4, the same guy that denied Jesus three times was arrested and beaten. And they told him, they say, we're going to bring you back here and end your life if you don't stop speaking the name of Jesus. On the way out of prison, Peter says, you know what? I'd rather obey God than man. I'm never denying Jesus ever again. And then even in Acts chapter 5, the same guy that denied Jesus three times had such an anointing on him that even when his shadow would touch people, they would be healed. Resurrection cancels your failures. Resurrection power cancels all your failures. You know, I want to tell you today that his resurrection story can become your resurrection story. Resurrection showed up to them in their life, and they were never the same. Jesus appeared to them, resurrected, and they were never the same. And if we'll get a hold of this today, our lives will never be the same. Paul said in Philippians 3, he said, My desire is just to know him. In the power of his resurrection. I want to know Christ. But I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. You know what he was saying? He was saying, I I don't want to just know all the factual things about Jesus. He's born in Bethlehem. He's from the line of David. Uh, He taught in the temple at age 12. I, I don't want to just know all that. I want to know him today. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I want to walk and talk with him today because Jesus is alive. I want to walk and talk with him in the power of his resurrection. See, that's revelatory. 
Because there was over 2,000 people that saw the resurrected Christ. 500, over 500 people at one time. And they saw with their own eyes that death was canceled. And they could never go back to being the same. And I believe that here today when we recognize that Jesus is no longer on the graveside, but he's on the living side. I'm not going, Paul's saying, I'm not going to the graveside to visit Jesus. He's on the resurrection side. I don't need to go to the tomb to visit Jesus. I just need to call on his name. I just need to call on his name. Because I want to know him in the resurrection of his power. And I want to tell you that you can have that moment today. Maybe you're here today. I see a lot of the church in the nine. Maybe the 11, maybe, maybe the 9 and the 11. Maybe you're here today because somebody drug you. I don't know. Maybe you're here to make your husband happy. Maybe you're here to make your wife happy. Maybe you're here to make mom and dad. I don't know why you're here today. But I'll tell you that God has you here for a reason today. And if that'll click, if that'll click in your mind, doubt melts away. Disappointment melts away. Failure and frustration melts away. That's what a living Savior can do in your life. Music come today. I, I, I'm going to close. I want us to have a little time of worship before we go out today and to celebrate today. You know, Luke 24, Jesus rises from the dead. And he says, behold, my hands and my feet. I love that Jesus wanted them to interact with him. He recognized this is going to be hard to believe. And maybe you think you're seeing a ghost right now. Somebody thought they saw a ghost when they saw Jesus. And he said, no, 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 touch me. And, and, and I recognize this can be hard to believe. Maybe you think you're seeing a hologram, but come and touch me. Put your hands on my hand. He said, behold, my hands and my feet. He said, it is myself. He says, it is I, myself, I was dead. Now I'm alive. And I have the keys of death and hell. He said, touch me. Put your hands on the nail-scarred hands. Put your hands on my side. It said that he ate with them. It said that he walked with them. It said that he talked with them for 40 days. He showed himself alive after his passion. That means after his suffering. He was showing them that death was canceled. But he wanted to prove it to him. And somebody, I, I, and, and I just happened to believe he wanted him to touch him because he knew this was going to be hard to believe. He showed himself alive to them. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in chapter 15. He said in verse 35, he said, But somebody's going to ask, How are the dead raised? How are the dead raised? Verse 51, I, I wish I could read the whole chapter. Read the whole chapter on your own today. It'll bless you. I'm going to skip down. He's explaining. He says, people are going to ask, how are the dead raised? And he says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. This was a reference to being dead. He's saying, not everybody's going to be asleep. Not everybody's going to stay in the grave. But we will all be changed. Now he's beginning to explain the day that the Lord will return. He says in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, 
and we will all be changed. He says in verse 54, he says, when the perishable have been clothed with imperishable. So, so when, when the perishable body you've got is now changed and is now wrapped up with this imperishable. And he says that mortal is now clothed with immortality. He says, then the prophecy will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And I love the next verse. He says, where, O grave, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? This is what people are going to be singing on that day in worship. Grave, where's your victory? Death, where's your sting? And I, I believe there's going to be two, two groups of people singing this. The first group that is alive when Jesus returns, they're going to be saying, Death, where was the sting? We never saw death. We're alive when Jesus came back. That sting never got them. They never felt the sting of death. They never felt it. So they'll be alive. The Lord will return. And they'll say, sting. Where was it? I never felt it. And then the song of those that are in the grave will be grave. You thought you won. But where's the victory at now? They'll say, the grave couldn't hold me. When that trumpet sounded, the grave, the grave couldn't hold me. The ground opened up. The headstone turned over. And, and grave, where's your victory now? And so the living are going to say, death, where's your sting? But those in the grave are going to say, grave, where's your victory? But everybody's going to be saying, verse 57, thanks be to God. He gave us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul wraps it up and says, therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. This is what I want to tell the church today. Don't let anything move you. Always give yourselves to the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You can be seated. I'm almost done. I want to tell one last story. I heard a story. I got two boys. We got one on the way. Uh, but I got two boys. They were always playing outside, so I like this story. Story of two brothers, and they were playing outside on their swing set. And this bumblebee was buzzing around the two boys. They just kept playing outside on their swing set. And finally, that, that bumblebee was buzzing around, buzzing around, buzzing around. They weren't paying any attention to that bee. And all of a sudden, that bee stings the older brother right in the arm. And the older brother shouts out, screams out, Ouch! Because he got stung. Mama runs out to him, tries to calm him down, kisses the boo-boo, and the boys go back to playing. But now that younger brother is afraid. He's got fear in him. He's looking around for that bee. And that bee comes back, and it's circling the younger brother. He's afraid because he hears the bee buzzing. And he saw his older brother scream out. 
and, and he, when the beast stung his older brother. So he begins to cry because he's afraid that that bee is going to sting him. Mom comes out to the younger brother and says, Son, you don't have anything to worry about because I pulled the stinger out of your brother's arm. It's right here. That bee cannot sting you anymore. And she shows him the stinger that she pulled out of his brother's arm. And she says, that bee doesn't have a sting anymore. All it can do is buzz. We got to understand, that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus took the sting out of death, out of hell, out of the grave. Death can buzz, but it has no sting. The grave can buzz, but it has no victory. Death can buzz, but it's already been canceled. Somebody ought to give God a praise right there. Hallelujah. Come on, can we put our hands together and give the Lord a praise? Resurrection power is canceled. Death. Stand with me. I'm going to close quick. You know, I, I, thought about, I thought about this a lot over the last month. You know, death made its biggest mistake allowing Jesus into death. Because by slaying Christ, death wrote its own epitaph. By allowing Christ into death, death should have realized that it could not hold him. And so Jesus came to earth, born of a woman, entered the world. All of this just so that he could enter death. And he entered death in order to exit death and to pay the price of death. And the receipt that the price was paid in full was an empty tomb. Because you can't leave the restaurant table until you've paid the check. And none of us could leave the grave until that check was paid. Jesus paid the check. Jesus paid the price. And because he entered death, descended into hell, took the keys of death, he exited death and made a way for all of us to exit the grave. And it has no more hold on us. And that resurrection morning 2,000 years ago, the stone was rolled away. He says, I'm he that was alive and was dead. But he said, now I'm alive forevermore. And I hold the keys to death and hell. Somebody ought to praise God like you believe it today. Come on, let's just give him 15 seconds of praise. One more time all over the house. Jesus is alive. We ought to celebrate it today. We ought to tell somebody today. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Jesus told, told him, he said, your brother's going to rise again. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me 
will never die. He said, do you believe this? Verse 27, she said, yes, Lord. I believe that you're the Messiah, the Son of God, who's come into the world. So I want to tell you today that Jesus has promised us eternal life. He promises us resurrection. He promises us victory over death, hell, and the grave. But my question to you today is, is his spirit alive in you? Is he alive inside of you? Because that's what connects us to resurrection power. And it said he's standing at the door and knocking. He's standing at the door and knocking. And if any of us would say come in, he would come in with us. I wonder how many raise their hand over this house today and just say, Jesus, see my hand. Pastor, pray for me today. I want you to, I I want the Lord in my life. I want his spirit in my life. I want to take a step toward him. And if that's you today, I want to give you an opportunity all around this house. We're going to have prayer partners up front, but I believe you can be touched right now as we lift this song up together. And I want us to just pray in this moment right now. Lord Jesus, you see, you see the hearts, Lord, that are open by your word today and by the gospel. And Lord, I pray right now that as we make a turn, Lord, in our lives, as we take a step towards you, Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd begin to speak to our hearts. I pray you'd begin to lead us. I pray that you'd begin to to, to walk with us. And I believe right now in this moment, we can be changed. We can be changed. And I believe it today in Jesus' name. As the worship team sings, I invite you to worship wherever you're at. I invite you to come forward if you feel like it. I've got prayer partners that are ready to pray with you. I want to just worship all over the house today. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend. And don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.